0: Art Fair Philippines is finally moving out of the car Park in Makati for its 2021 edition, but not in the way that anybody could have foreseen in 2020. Instead of moving to a different physical space, the art fair is going online for the first time, because of the pandemic, and entering the world of NFTs, or non-fungible tokens. A good chunk of this episode is dedicated to NFTs, which is a hot topic right now because of the prices that a few of them have fetched in the market. The most famous one being a JPEG by an artist named Beeple that Christie's auction house sold for almost $70 million. That's right, $70 million. An NFT is a digital asset. It could be a drawing, an image, a meme, an animated GIF, a video, even a tweet. And it uses the blockchain, the same technology behind Bitcoin, to keep track of who owns the file, which, in the fair's case, is a piece of crypto art. In this episode of B-Side, the three co-founders of Art Fair Philippines, Dindin Araneta, Tricky Lopa, and Lisa Periquet, tell Business World reporter michelle Ann P. Saliman how they transported the Art Fair from the car park into the virtual world.
1: Tell us about the planning that went into bringing the Art Fair online and making sure it be engaging to visitors for the year 2021. Um, Let's start with you, Ms. Tricky.
2: We started talking about taking the art fair online sometime maybe the middle of last year, and then we started planning in earnest towards the last quarter of 2020. But we knew we had to do more than simply show art that was for sale on a website. That took a lot of time, a lot of meetings, a lot of discussions. We really felt that the fair had to stick to its mission of expanding the audience for the visual arts we are also very conscious of the role that the fair plays in elevating the experience of our visitors really exposing the fair visitors to varied forms of contemporary art which is why we felt this was really the right time to focus on digital art and that's how we crafted the fair and so things sort of fell into place from there
3: Ms. lisa First, we had to wrap our heads around whether we were going to do it online or not. And that was actually a very long and difficult process because we looked at other art fairs online. There's a lot of pros and cons to doing this kind of thing. But ultimately, I think what pushed us also was that we had to be in that space for the year. You know, we had to be there because people want us to be there. They're looking for us. They want to see the art fair and how it adapts. So in the end, it became a kind of challenge. Ms. then? I think when we had decided to push through with Art Fair Philippines 2021, we started to think about the right type of fair that we would be able to put online. It took us a while also to find suppliers We met with different people uh, until we found the right partner that would help us be able to build an online infrastructure for the art fair. Speaking of that, Ms. Dindin, um, how is the logistics different
1: from building the art fair online to mounting it in the physical space in the link? What are the challenges that you found different from both
3: mediums? On my part, I think there were more unknowns, building something online rather than an actual art fair. This is our first time to do it online, so it was challenging because uh, there were things I feel that you could not anticipate early on. Like me, I'm not such a techie person. So it was hard for me to visualize some of the things. But our partner, they're very patient in explaining things to us. So I think they've been able to address most of the questions. Ms. Kiki?
2: You know what? When we dived into Art in the Park, that sort of provided the experience and the courage for us to do it bigger for the art fair. When we did Art in the Park in August... I didn't realize that was meant so much of the same planning and research and talking to so many people and like experimenting really with what concept would work for us and building the team together. So, gosh, the eight days of that first Art in the Park online was eight days that I, I think I didn't sleep and nobody else in the team slept. So having gone through that, I just felt more confident that maybe we can actually challenge ourselves to take this online art event bigger and we could probably pull it off for Art Fair Philippines provided we found the right concept and the right art to show our audience.
1: Speaking of quickly adapting to the online space, there are also international art fairs that have actually transitioned to doing that within the year when the lockdowns happened globally. So Ms. Tricky, what did you learn from these fairs?
2: When the lockdown happened in March, the first international fair that transitioned to an online platform was Art Basel Hong Kong. And I must say, from that first art fair to eventually all the other international art fairs, that first art fair was quite clunky. It was really just like a website showing art that was for sale. But art fairs got better as the year went along. And we were lucky in that we were able to really immerse ourselves. I did. I mean... There's nothing else to do except really look at art online, see how other art fairs adapted. Because of that, we found a model that we could sort of adapt for us. I mean, we cherry-picked from the various art fairs that were taken online. Well, we have managed to put together a concept that we feel might work for our audience.
1: Ms. Lisa, would you like to add?
3: We had time to review the art fairs because there was a development in the way... They turned out, you know, over the months because everybody was trying out different formulas, ideas, and things like that. So we did get the elements that we thought would work out well. Okay. For example, we decided to embed a video in each um, exhibitor page because with the lack of the physical interaction between the viewer and the gallerist or the artist, this is a way to learn more about the art that was showing on the page so that video will tell you more about the gallery or the artist or the exhibitor or the curator's idea for the show so it just gives you a more in-depth experience and then one of the methods that we decided to use to also break down that kind of lack of physical interaction is we put a messaging service so again on the page of the gallery you can send a message by viber or whatsapp or messenger to you know ask anything i mean prices are actually published on the site but you can ask more questions maybe you can bargain down a price you can ask what the artist had in mind what the curator had in mind so those are just a couple of the elements that we chose to use from our experience of trawling the art fairs online during those many months. Ms. Dindin, if they'd have anything to add to. You know, actually, I'm not a fan of art fairs online. And Jiki uh, and Lisa know that. But what I did do was I did look at some of the art fairs online just for reference. And I also tried to listen in on some of the talks just so we would have a more reference for our plans of building our own online art fair. Uh, I think one of the interesting things that we were able to do while we were looking at examples of those art fairs is that we were also able to innovate to try to come up with our own version of what a local art fair might be for our audience. It was interesting that uh, we were able to put more focus on digital art, which actually works very well on an online platform. And then this also enabled us to expand and look at other projects like for example the idea of like having tying up with one Papa around for residencies because with everyone feeling a bit cooped up indoors the idea is also to be able to go outside and see how else we can reach out to our public and take them elsewhere through the online platform.
1: I'd like to address this next question to Miss Lisa. Um, you mentioned also during the press launches that the reception has actually increased okay. online How did that going online open doors for more galleries to join this year?
3: I think being uh, online, the barriers of time and space and distance are kind of fall apart. So there's actually, in that sense, an easier way to connect, for example, with the art fair. Because we don't have to travel over here with a plane if you are from an international spot. Things like that. And talks, for example, we can do them. We just have to schedule them at a certain time so that we can accommodate also people who are in places outside the Philippines. So in that sense, I think that's what made some people more open to joining who hadn't joined before. It was an easier decision.
1: So this year's art fair highlights digital arts, particularly NFTs. And uh, I'd like to ask, what did you first think when you first heard about NFTs?
2: I first heard about NFTs when I signed into a conference in June last year, which was about art and technology. It was like a month long conference, which happened every weekend in June and July. When I first heard about it, of course, I didn't understand it, but that first panel, one of the speakers was the curator of new media for the Guggenheim Museum. And she said that the Guggenheim actually started acquiring NFTs as part of their collection, and occasionally they would spring it on visitors through their website. So that made me really more interested in this thing, because obviously it was legit in that this is the curator of the Guggenheim speaking about it. And the more I listened to the speakers, I thought, this is something that Filipinos might jump onto easily. At that time, there wasn't the hype there is now. I think the most expensive NFT at that time, in NFT gateway was something like $3,000. So I thought even price points seem accessible. There was a group of NFT artists showing what they had done for the Tate, for the Namjoon bike retrospective. And I thought, gosh, Filipino artists can do this so easily, especially the animators that we have. This might be something we could really introduce to the audience. So that put me in the journey of really, I guess, going to the deep dive and attending all the NFT talks I could getting to know the personalities behind it, really touching base with how people mint NFTs or all of these platforms where the NFTs are sold and auctions. So it just went from there.
3: Ms. Lisa? I guess, you know, NFTs have been kind of popping up, floating up around in the art world. So it's almost, especially at this point, unavoidable that if you're just generally interested in the art world, to find out what it is. Now, the unique thing about them is why I think it's difficult to wrap people's minds around it. And that's how I also felt, is that you couldn't understand that it was art and then also, it's somewhat a currency or an element of Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency world. And those two elements are very much intertwined. The art is not necessarily the dominant aspect of it. That's how I view it now. It makes it very curious to me and something that should be looked at and investigated, especially now that it's a very hot trend. It's really essential for anyone in the art world or even in general audience who's into, let's say, uh, investment or trading currencies to figure out what this is all about and figure out if it's for them or not to get into. Ms. Dindin? I actually had a hard time understanding it in the beginning when they found out that we were going to have an NFT platform. So. I read up on it and then I also listen to some talks on the NFT just to be able to get a better context of what it's all about. It's important that we're showing it now in the art fair, especially because we always try to introduce something new every year. No? I think I could be wrong, but because we have a lot of artists or animators, their practice could lend itself to working well with an NFT type of format in terms of making art. But I still would like to understand it better.
1: One of the concerns regarding the sale and the creation of NFTs is its environmental impact. Will any of the talks be tackling that issue? And can you tell us more about how to differentiate the talks that are present in the online art fair?
2: Yes, the environmental impact of NFTs will be discussed. We will have a talk in partnership with Art Review that will happen on Sunday, May 9, and the panel will be talking about NFTs and its effect on the contemporary art scene. And I believe that, as intimated to us by the editor in chief of Art Review, Mark Rappel, they will be discussing the environmental impact of NFTs. The other talks in the NFT showcase as well are supposed to bring out new blockchain platforms that are supposed to be greener than the original platforms that minted NFTs. So I'm as curious as you are in um, finding out all about this.
1: What do you think the Philippine art market would like to discover and how do you think it is attractive to the local art market in terms of the emergence of NFTs? Ms. Lisa, could start.
3: I think at this point, uh, with all the publicity surrounding it, it's becoming very attractive and very much an option. So this whole subject is really soaking in to a much wider audience than you would imagine from the beginning. It's not just people in the crypto world, but it's now people who are just interested. And they could be interested in both the art and in investing it as a currency and as an instrument. So... In that sense, it's really occupying a broader space than you imagined, not just art, but also others. So even friends of my children, my two daughters keep telling me, I have friends who want to learn about NFTs. So I keep telling them, please tune in to the showcase of the art fair, because that's five or six different chances to learn about it. And if you go through it, it's like a mini course in NFTs. Uh, Ms. Tricky, you were raising your hand earlier.
2: If you can't get away from being curious or being interested in it, whether the art market will take to it, maybe not the traditional art collectors, I think it will take some convincing to get them in, but definitely our audience who are very comfortable with doing things online, there's a whole crypto community that we've apparently tapped into. Like I said, it's also our mission to widen the audience for the visual arts and to include this community into the art fair's audiences. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to lend itself to helping us become the art fair for 2021 in that we're attracting a whole different audience compared to the previous art fairs.
1: How did they get in touch with the digital artists that are featured in this year's fair?
2: We talked to Chris Foster of Tropical Futures Institute, who in turn, Put me in touch with Colin and Gabby of NARA Art Gallery. NARA Gallery is the first Filipino gallery in the central land. They have been crypto natives for a long time. Their collection of um, international and local NFT names is quite impressive. I mean, they were lucky to get into it early. So we actually left it up to them to tap into which artists they would like to exhibit for the showcase.
3: Ms. Dindin, the NFT exhibition has attracted a lot of curious people. I know a young couple who have been buying art who have actually started acquiring NFTs already. They were telling me about it and they even showed me what it is that they acquired. So let's see. I think like Lisa was saying earlier, there'll be a lot of like maybe um, a younger generation of new collectors that will start maybe because of uh, the NFTs.
1: Moving on from the topic of NFTs, I'd like to address this next question to Ms. Dindin. Tell us more about the residency programs and what's in store for those who will
3: qualify. The residencies program is a project that we're undertaking with Don Paparong. When they were thinking about what to do with their art competition, we thought of going towards this direction instead. Uh, Since many artists nowadays are also looking for ways to be able to leave their present environment or their homes or their studios, and to go elsewhere to be able to continue their art practice even just for a moment. So we're very excited that we've partnered up with five actual ongoing residency programs. One is in San Juan, La Union. It's a new residency program founded by David Loran, who was one of the people behind Limbo the Art Bar Limbo in Publishon. Uh, another residency program was founded by Manny Garibay, the visual artist. It's geared towards a younger generation of artists. Another residency program is in Negros Occidental, Bacolod, with Charlie Co, in his art district, which will be geared towards an older generation of artists, or artists basically who know what they want and will be given a chance to be able to explore new ways of working when they go to Negros. And then we have two new residency programs that will be um, happening as a result of this um, endeavor. One is in Puerto Princesa, Palawan, where the artists will be able to engage with different community activities in the area. And then uh, the fifth is with the Manila Observatory in Ateneo de Manila, which is geared towards artists who like to work with scientific themes or ideas. What are your hopes
1: for this year's online art fair? Ms. Tricky, we can start with you.
2: I hope that the fair provides as much knowledge and enjoyment to our visitors as it has every year. We really tried to make the site interesting enough so that in the 10 days that the fair runs, there always be something to see and something to discover from the exhibitions that the galleries have planned. I mean, I must say that the galleries have worked very hard to put together the shows that they are going to be uploading on the site. That's one different sections, we've tried to make them as interesting as in the past. For instance, in the film section, which we co-presented with Global Platinum, we worked with a group called DATA to commission digital artwork that is available for viewing and that will actually make their debuts in Art Fair Philippines 2021. The work that is shown in that film section includes a playlist that is put together by DATA and that runs for two hours. So actually, you can leave your gadget on and enjoy The artwork, keep it on the loop, playing for two hours. That's just one of the offerings of the film section. There are three others from well-known artists who work in the digital sphere. All the other sections are really interesting. So, you know, you come in 10 days. I think you'll find something new every day. Ms. Dindin? Well, we hope
3: that we can reach more people, especially now that we're taking it online. The programs are also free. Anybody can access it. And then, of course, we'd like to also be able to tap into the curiosity of people for the new things that we're introducing this year. Hopefully, they keep an open mind as we shift to a digital platform. Ms. Lisa, would like to add? Given everything that we've described about the fair, I hope people will really look forward to a new experience. For us, it's a new challenge. It's definitely a different art fair. And it's been exciting actually conceptualizing this and thinking out of the box and uh, pushing all the buttons to make it happen. I hope people get the sense of that when they view it, that it's something they'll want to explore because there are just so many aspects in there. That's the one thing we've tried to do. Aside from making it an easy and kind of seamless uh, online experience, we hope that that is conveyed when you actually go onto the site.
2: What
1: do you miss most about the physical art fairs? And how do you imagine the visitor's reception when we all go back to having it in the physical medium
3: again?
2: In one of the talks I tuned into early this year, it was, I think, a talk for C Focus, which is the Singaporean Art Fair. One of the curators described art as a social experience. And I suppose that is so true of Art Fair Philippines, right? I mean, you get 30,000 people coming in every year and looking at what we've organized discussing it, going from booth to booth or from floor to floor. And just that whole feeling of like being immersed in art, seeing it in the flesh, and having other people with you to enjoy it. Yeah, that's what I miss the most about having a physical art fair.
3: Miss Lisa, since we're doing it digitally, our experience of art and of the world and through art is going to be different. So I guess what I'll miss I mean, in that sense, I'm looking forward to it, so I don't want to think too much about what I'm missing. (laughs) But definitely, the energy of the link is unbeatable. The energy and the buzz you feel from encountering people physically, encountering the art physically, it's different. Digitally, I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of energy and buzz will be there. I'm hoping there will be still a lot. Ms. Dindin, I think nothing will ever replace the experience of seeing the actual artwork. You can never replace the aura of the artwork when you see it in through an actual experience vis-a-vis an online experience. Uh, there's a marked difference. So for me, it's that.
0: And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard the three co-founders of Art Fair Philippines, Dindin Araneta, Tricky Lopa, and Lisa Periquet, speaking with Business World reporter Michelle Ann P. Soliman about what to expect from this year's edition of Art Fair Philippines, which runs from May 6th to May 15th. What an online fair is supposed to look like, what it's supposed to be, what kind of art it's supposed to feature, that's all changed. Early iterations of online fairs didn't really take advantage of the platform, sometimes choosing to upload images of quote traditional unquote art and call it a day. Art Fair Philippines, on the other hand, is showcasing art that exists only online. We're talking about NFTs, or non-fungible tokens here, alongside the art that we're used to like paintings, sculptures, photography, installations. The inclusion of NFTs will spur an interesting conversation because not everyone is sold on the idea of crypto art. This is Sam L. Marcello. Thanks for listening. And if you want to know what happened in 2020, please listen to the B-side episode titled Art Fair Affairs, one of the earliest episodes we recorded for this podcast, so the quality of production was a little iffy. But I can vouch for the quality of the conversation. Stay safe, stay sane, go see some art.